Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Going in raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey, friend, Steve here. And Larson. Welcome back to Matt Chat. It's my favorite show on this channel, Larson, and I'll tell you why. Why? It's because we get all these great video questions from our patrons at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. At the $20 a month mark, you two get your video on this particular show. And uh, what are you drinking over there? It's what is just it? some Rockstar. Man, it's hitting the spot. Who puts Rockstar in a solo cup? Well, I didn't want to have the whole can just hanging out here. It's easier to hold on to. Yeah. You're a little bit of an oddball. Uh, speaking of oddballs, we've got a dancing. bunch of great mat chatters. You know when you drink wine? You're supposed yeah. to drink some in your mouth and get understand. Some air. You get you some understand. air in there oh, and you air. around. You want to get yeah. some air. So you, that's what I do. This isn't wine. This is... I do that so I get some air in my mouth. That was a bit like uh, Anthony Hopkins in that one movie where he eats people. <laughs> yeah. That's what he did. I'm going to eat brains with fava beans or whatever. Anyway, this is Matt Chat. I love this show because you get all these video questions from people, and it's like, wow, we actually do have people out there who, who like watch our show, mm-hmm. and they send us video questions. They do. And then we answer them. We do. I just I love this show. I think it's fun. A lot of fun. Every, every single week we watch these things, and like unexpected things happen. Funny things happen. Good questions appear out of nowhere. We got a real, a real, a real fun video towards the end of the show. Wow, that's a lot of fun. From who? Which one? Well, just wait. Oh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. All right, very good. But it, it, it's worth watching pretty much the entire episode just to see this one question. Is it the one that is? The mm-hmm. one? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Anyways, we have a couple of new Matt chatters. Uh, we're gonna hop right into this with one of our new Matt chatters, Christopher Rampersand. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. What are the top five greatest matches of the year so far? Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Man, oh man, he might be in my new favorite match chatter because he kept his question really short. Yeah. You never go wrong. When we you your, like short questions. Love the short questions. But you know what? Long ones are great, too. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so best matches of the year so far. So uh, I'm going to throw this out there. Omega Okada 4, it's kind of a boring answer. Uh, but it probably is best match of the year. It might be the best match of all time, or at least in the top three. Um, I'm going to take that out of the equation, though. The G1 is happening right now where a lot of fantastic matches are going down. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the first, like, three nights. Mm-hmm. So I don't really – I'm not really up to date. However, I will say this. I'll throw this out there as kind of a dark horse candidate for best match of the year. What is, what is that? No, it's just the Rockstar still, man. It's just really hitting the spot right now. It's really refreshing. I needed the energy. Anyways, continue. Don't mind me. The gauntlet match on Raw. Yeah, that was good. That featured Seth Rollins going over an hour. Uh, that, to me, was the most surprising uh, performance. Didn't see that one coming. Everybody was tweeting about it and talking about it and all that kind of stuff. It was a performance for the ages. Uh, I feel like WWE has more great matches on their regular like TV shows than they do on their actual pay-per-views. That seems to be the case. Raw is always good for at least one really damn good match a week, maybe a couple a month. Uh, SmackDown featured this past week a really slam-bang main event uh, between the, the, the bar and uh, New Day. But I'm going to go with Seth Rollins in that gauntlet match. I think that was fantastic. 
It lasted l- what? And uh, the whole match was about two hours. It was like yeah, the first two hours of that episode of Raw. That's fantastic. So yeah, that unexpected. Pretty neat. So unexpected. That was neat. Uh, but there's a lot of matches out there I have not seen in the G1. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll go with that one. All right, I have uh, five. I think one of them was uh, Kenny versus Kazuchika Dominion. We right, kind of took that off the table, so I'll follow suit. Sure. Um, in no particular order, I'll go with Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Almas, <coughs> which might be my favorite WWE match of the year. Sure, yeah. I know a lot of people really like Gargano Ciampa won mm-hmm. the no DQ match from the TakeOver New Orleans, which I have on here as well. Good. Probably just really likes the Gargano Almas match more. I actually watched that match twice. Yeah. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. <sighs> that was a hot match. At Strong Style super, Evolved, we were there. Match, yeah. Tons of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, Minoru Suzuki. Greatest wrestler ever mm-hmm. versus Hiroshi Tanahashi at one of the New Beginning shows for the Intercontinental Title. Just a brutal match watching Suzuki dismantle Tanahashi. Who's it the was current great. IC champion? Over Chris there? Jericho. Oh, that's right. And finally, I'm going to go with we we got a lot of great matches from the Cruiserweight Tournament beginning of this year to crown a new Cruiserweight Champion mm-hmm. after uh, Enzo was stripped of the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's uh, two no one sorry. That I have written down here. Cedric Alexander versus Roderick Strong. Oh, yeah. Although Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali was very good, too. Yeah. Both of those yeah. matches were very good. So I'll have that tied for fifth. Yeah. Yeah, WWE TV is kind of the place they go to for like 205 Live. Almost every week, 205 Live There's has like... a heck like, of a main event, usually. Like, dude, Adeo Tommy versus Mustafa Ali Yeah, we this caught week? the end of that here. Holy crap, that was a good match. Mustafa Ali is guaranteed to give you a good match Best about Machine, maybe on 205 At Live At least on right 205 there. Live, yeah. Leo Rush versus any number of jobbers. My favorite matches of the year. Mm. Anything Leo Rush, really. Anything mm-hmm. he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all good answers. Yes. Good job, us. Next up, from Joshua Martinez. He's got an interesting question about the state of independent wrestling. Let's see what he has to say. Hey friendos, Joshua Martinez back here this week with another Matt Chat question. So, I was just watching a promo for the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden, and I was wondering, because I noticed that, and I know people made a big deal, that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks weren't included in the promotion video for it. So, let's say they do go to WWE next year. Do you think that will have a great impact on... New Japan slash Ring of Honor and the Indies in general. Me personally, I don't think so. I think those companies have strong enough players to hold down the floor and proceed with their takeover, if you will, of the wrestling world. But I was wondering what you guys think. Do you think it'll make a significant dent in the independent circuit? Also, want to make a proposal. Is it possible for us to get a Frendo class photo at All In, maybe at your StarCast panel, or if you guys are going to Flip Gordon's All Out party, maybe get a bunch of Frendos and you can take a photo? I think that would be pretty cool. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you, Joshua. Uh, good oh, question. I go first. Yeah, you go first. Do you have any, do you have any extra Rockstar for me? There's one more in there. Oh, there's another. I don't want a full one. I just want like the leftovers of that. You don't want that. No? You don't want no, that. No, I mean like the stuff you didn't use in the can. No, the whole can went in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. No rock star left behind. Well, let's say New Japan has no more Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. All right, what do you say? Here's say? the thing. The Indies will be fine. There's plenty of, of good talent in the Indies that the Indies will be fine. New Japan will be fine, too. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's going to do any damage. I know uh, 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 New Japan is relying a lot on Kenny Omega. To help with their expansion into America, but I think uh, a good portion of people who are going to follow New Japan here in the states are already going to follow them. And and while the Bullet Club might have been their introduction, um, I don't think that's the sole reason why New Japan fans here in the states are sticking around. I think it's because wrestling is awesome, and, and uh, now that they've been hooked. Um, I think they're going to follow the product regardless of Kenny and the Young Bucks leave or stay. Um, will it damage their further expansion? I don't know. Um, I, 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 it, I think that more so depends on how they go about putting shows on here in the States. We saw at the Cal Palace show was the first one of their shows here in the States that didn't sell out. Um, and be interested to see how the next one in Long Beach does. Um, but at a certain point, well, they are next year. They're, going, they're doing a, a co-branded show with Ring of Honor in New York City at Madison Square Garden. I think the major thing for New Japan now, with or without Kenny and the Young Bucks, is to start going to other markets 
in the, in the United States, not just on the West Coast or not just in California. Go up to Seattle. Go to Texas, to Florida. They, they're going to New York, Chicago. Go to these ma- other major cities. Establish a presence there on a somewhat regular basis. I mean, I know they do some other co-branded shows with Ring of Honor, but I'm talking about New Japan shows. Um, I think doing that, giving fans of New Japan in other parts of America the live experience will counter any loss um, they might suffer from losing Kenny and the Young Bucks. But So it might be a minor setback, but I don't think it would derail their plans in, in the least. I think both New Japan and the Indies will be fine. Little bump maybe, but they'll persevere. They'll push forward. They'll continue with their expansion because the product's still going to be great with or without them. I don't even think there will be a speed bump or a roadblock or whatever you want to call it. I don't think there would be. I don't even think it's a minor setback for them to leave. I think 2017 and 2018, it was incredibly important for Kenny and the Young Bucks to be in New Japan. I do think that that was true for their initial expansion. I think they were vital. I think they were vital to the success. 2019, look at look at how New Japan, they're setting up Jay White mm-hmm. to be another monster, to be another big name in New Japan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a guy who in some respects um, can remind me of Kenny Omega from a couple years ago. As during, the cleaner. As the cleaner, exactly. Um, they are so good at adapting to the situation. A lot of people wrote them off, and granted, I wasn't really paying attention, but in retrospect, I can see you know uh, that this was the case. When Shinsuke, uh, AJ, and the club left, um, that they're oh my god they just you know they lost two of their big four or five whatever they called him. Well, Kenny Omega stepped up, and it wasn't long before he was main eventer. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. they are so good, so good at uh, building stars and adapting and changing characters. We've seen what's happened with Balloon Okada. Uh, it's fantastic. They're still doing something with Naito, kind of deconstructing his character too. I think the bigger the bigger loss is uh, for New Japan is Kenny Omega because the Young Bucks they're sort of they're kind of the uh, I don't know like the, the the gatekeepers to the tag division now. You know, it's not like they're necessarily. I mean, they're a big deal, but and they main evented the the Long Beach show that we went to. Mm-hmm. They're the t- uh, heavyweight tag champions right yeah, now. But you know, I think I think. New Japan could definitely withstand their loss, and 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 Kenny as well. I, I don't think there's even going to be. I don't think there's a problem at all losing those guys at this point because they did so much to help uh, to help New Japan with this U.S. expansion. They're here, uh, like you said. People are gonna are gonna follow them regardless now because they've been exposed. Once you're once you're in a New Japan, it's hard to get out of New Japan. Um, so no, I think they'll be fine. I yeah. think they'll be totally yeah. fine. And I, I don't even think I think. The independent scene itself, I think, is thriving without them. Yeah, you know, uh, without them gracing the independence presence. Yeah, I anyways, mean, all that. Much. Apart from PWG, uh, the Young Bucks don't wrestle in the Indies at all. And I mean, PWG, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Ring of Honor really is an independent promotion. Yeah. They're run by a no. giant media conglomerate. Yeah, and PWG is uh, it's it's entered such a new phase seemingly now with mm-hmm. the new venue and them you know going to the locals mm-hmm. a little bit more than they had. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I think I think that did they did a lot for the non WWE scene, and all that is paying off now. So they can go and cash in in the WWE. Yep. yep. Um, so we'll see if that if that happens. Next up, we've got Matt Chat Hall of Famer Ao Worm. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, what's good, everybody? It's your boy Ao Worm. Another Matt Chat question. All right, Steven Larson. I hope you guys have seen at least one of the Purge movies and know the basic concept of the Purge. One day of the year. 12 hours, all crimes are legal. So with that being said, to survive the purge, what four wrestlers would you guys have be with you during the hours of the purge? So basically it's from seven to seven. So who would you guys have to protect you either while you're in your homes or while you're trying to go out and do other stuff? All right, guys, take it easy. Two sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Um, I'll go first. Listen to this lineup. Oh, listen to this lineup. Well, I see it here. Number one, number one. What do you need in times of tragedy, Larson? Comedy. Uh huh. Give me Yano. All right. Who has shown not to be just a comedic wrestler, but as we've seen in the G1, granted his point total is very low, but he can shoot wrestle. Yeah, he was a catch catch can Yano. He was an accomplished amateur wrestler, is my understanding. Yeah. Uh, So, Yano. All right. Who do you also want? You want the smartest guy in any room you mm-hmm. go into. That's mm-hmm. Xavier Woods, mm-hmm. PhD, mm-hmm. Xavier Woods. 
I'm going to take him. Also, he's proven to have chemistry in groups. Yes. Boom. Uh, next up, you want somebody who is uh, who can be violent, who gives no Fs. Give me Shayna Baszler, current NXT Women's Champion. She'll choke out those zombies. No, this is the purge. This is the purge. She'll choke out those guys who purge people. Uh, and then finally, you want the man of the hour, Leo Rush. You always want somebody for recon. He's small. He's very quick. He's very fast. Give me the man of the hour, Leo Rush. Uh, and, of course, he's very confident in his own abilities yes. to do that. You can't beat that team right there. Oh, I think I can. I'll agree with you on Xavier Woods. Um, I'm going to add Asuka, the most dangerous uh, woman wrestler in the world. Wild card. Wild card. No, nah, there's nothing wild card better. Um, Minoru Suzuki. Terrible choice. Wild no, the card. best choice. Super wild card. No, no, oh, he's man. not. He, he has proven. No, he won't. It's he, the purge. He'll he turn has on. led uh, Suzuki-Goon for many years. Um, they seem to be a cohesive no, they're unit. Terrible. They're terrible. And they know how to work together. They're not a very good group. And lastly, Roman Reigns, because unless he's facing off against Brock Lesnar, Reigns always wins. All right, that's not a bad one. And he's got the chest protector. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So I have best team. No, my team is best team. No, my team is best team. All right, next up, speaking of best teams, I'd, who would want Patrick Sparks on their team? Along with Dog. Along with Dog. More importantly, Dog. Let's see Patrick Sparks' question. Hey, friendos, Pat here. Dog's here, too. But here's my debate. So, there's a lot of heels in wrestling right now, one of which being Tommaso Ciampa. He is the best heel in the business, in my opinion. If you ask a certain one, Tomatonga, though, I bet he would argue that. But the way he is getting heat is very controversial. Obviously, choking fans, starting Twitter beefs, either with Roman Reigns or with former Navy vets and being very risque and offensive. My question for you is, I want you to debate, really, why Tommaso Ciampa is doing all the right things to be the best heel in all of wrestling, and why Tamatanga is doing all the wrong things to be the best heel in wrestling. And could do it vice versa, too, after if you want. I don't care. Thanks, friendos. Bye. Thank you, Patrick Sparks. Thank you, Patrick Sparks and Dog. Thank you, Dog, too. Uh, so, uh, Tamatanga, going too far? Mm-hmm. No, man. No. You can't lay your hands on someone in the audience. You, you can't even, do that. You, you saw that, that gif with me. I don't care. He barely touched the dude. You can't do that. He was just having fun. Can't do it. He barely touched that guy. Can't do it. Look, I'm not a huge Tamatanga guy. Yeah. I'm not even that big of a fan. I think it's more destructive what he did on Twitter telling yeah, some dude too. to shoot himself or whatever. Yeah, that's not that's good not good. And I don't think he's I think he's a fantastic wrestler. Oh yeah. I think they've kind of misfired on him leading his own faction. Mm -hmm. He's not a very strong promo guy. Mm -mm. Um and so uh so yeah, I'm not huge on on the whole firing squad thing. But uh I don't know. I looked at the thing, I looked back at the thing and it was it was it all looked like it was in good fun. I don't think he was applying any pressure to the neck area. Well, the the recipient of the choke, how'd they take it? He looked like he was in good fun. Oh, Everybody right. around them were smiling. All right. And he was and he's like an older guy and he was just sort of doing this like with the choking motion. But then he let go and he just I don't know, I didn't see like exactly his face afterwards, but yeah. it didn't seem like he was scared or anything. Yeah. It's not like our test going out in the crowd in No, the, I understand that. You know, in uh, Indiana, Detroit, wherever it was. Nonetheless, that's kind of a line that's kind of you might not want to cross as a wrestler. You're probably right. You're um, probably right. Do they care though? Does New Japan care? That I don't know. Yeah. I know. I read something about him littering as being something they had an issue with. I don't know. Twitter's weird. I don't know. Well, I heard he was get, he was going to. They issued a statement, I think, saying that he was going to be facing some disciplinary action. Yeah, but is that a work? It's probably. A I work. don't know. That I don't know. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh. Nonetheless, Tommaso Ciampa is the best deal in wrestling right now. Mm -hmm. His theme song is literally "Chorus of Booze," um, and he's doing it in a very old school approach. Yes. Which is kind of the best thing. I mean, yeah. the formula is pretty basic. He was partnering with an uh, 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 extremely over face. He himself was extremely over as a face. He turned on extremely over face, making the over face more over as a face and making him ultimate heel. And then he proceeded to do really violent things to this extremely over face while also shooting off some pretty some ultimate heel promos. Yeah. And it's a pretty basic formula. Add in his, his subtle... And at times, not so subtle heel work on social media. For example, when 
you know, he was getting a request to sell that awesome T-shirt he has. He's like, no, nope, no, nope, I'm not gonna no, do it. Not gonna nope, do it. Sorry. Great heel move. Yeah. Just every at every step. Lost out on a lot of money doing that too. I know, but it's yeah. the right heel move to it make. Is, We've yeah. heard Chris Jericho say this Jericho before that when he's when he's doing heel, when he's working heel, he's one of any merch being sold. Yep. Um, so just step by step, Tommaso Ciampa is just is taking a very measured but thorough and complete approach to his heel character. Yeah. And I can't think of an instance where he's crossed any line. Yeah, that's true. That's why it seems like everything's well thought out, very measured. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing at every step. Yeah. He seems completely in control. We're in the middle of a very special feud. Maybe an all-time NXT feud between well, Ciampa. You could even say maybe an all-time feud. Period. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like all-time is in number one, mm-hmm. at least in NXT. Yeah, 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 yeah. But holy moly, this is and if it lasts five takeovers an entire year, it's gonna be something else. That that's gonna be something. Boy, boy, oh boy, they're doing fantastic stuff. Oh yeah, I agree with everything you said. Champa's best heel right now. Yep, absolutely top heel. Next up, we've got DJ Mott, the sneakerhead. Yeah. Of the going in raw match at friend of hers. Yeah. See what he has to say. Hey, Steven Larson, it is your going in raw sneakerhead DJ Mott here, back with the Jordan ones. Anyways, got a debate talk for you guys this week. So raw is staying on USA. SmackDown is going to Fox, and the XFL is being relaunched. Vince is going to take a step back to run the XFL, and he needs somebody to write and produce raw. He has chosen between Shane and Triple H. Larson, your job is to debate why Shane should get the job. And Steve, your job is to debate why Triple H should get the job. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thanks, guys. Thank you, DJ Mott. Good luck with that, man. Woo! You have to argue for Shane McMahon? <laughs> All right, I'll try, I guess. Uh, hmm. You want here's the thing. Do you want to trade? No, here's the thing. I have a thing for Shane. I mean, I guess you could make the case, but it seems it's it's, it's Triple H and Stephanie's show to run mm-hmm. once Vince hangs him up or yeah. passes away. Yeah. And and that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. I would think actually Shane would probably maybe be like fifth or sixth in the pecking order. Yeah. Um, I could probably think of a couple other people that would probably take charge before he would. I mean, he had, I don't even know what his role is right now. He hasn't been on TV in forever. Yeah, I would assume he's operating in some sort of backstage capacity, but we haven't heard anything to that effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I think, or at least I think I heard before he left the first time, he wanted to be more involved in the creative process of the show. Yeah, yeah, we had heard that. Before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, felt like he wasn't, mm-hmm. and then went to pursue other ventures. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if if part of the deal when he came back was that opportunity or not. Yeah. But just based on the fact that we don't hear really anything about him being involved in creative, um, he's not, you know, a, 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 a face right now on our televisions. It, I'd be hard pressed to make the case. The only th- thing I could think of is is Few people in the WWE universe engender as much goodwill as Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. People love Shane. Yeah. Behind um, the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody said he's great. Yeah. So I could see that. Mm-hmm. That maybe Shane, everybody seems to like him both in front of and behind the camera. Um, he's got a wealth of experience. Shane seems like the kind of guy who would hire good people mm-hmm. and trust their judgment. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't necessarily, I mean, that's just a feeling I get. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. He comes off that way as opposed to Vince, who probably thinks he knows exactly what he's doing all the time. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Triple H, it's, it's 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 easy to make the case there. Look at NXT, apply that to main roster, and there you go. Yeah. Um, Shane's different. Uh, a case for Shane could be he hasn't been around for a long time. Like, he left for a long time. He can bring a, f- a fresh perspective to things. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. And, you know, he dabbled in, in the world of MMA mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's got other ideas. Mm-hmm. It is good to have a fresh pair of eyes. But I think he'd also be a good, like, sort of managing presence to open up and say, okay, who's got all the good ideas? Let's bring him in and then make a decision mm-hmm. as, you know, a committee mm-hmm. or whatever. Um so, I mean, there. I guess there, that case could be made. But I have no idea if he even would want to do that. I know. You know, it seems like Stephanie and Triple H, they're the people who are 
in charge of a lot of the creative stuff. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I think that's, I think, I, I think it's in really good hands because of that. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got a question from TNA for life. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, friendos? It's your boy TNA for life here for another match chat question. I want to know, Steven Larson, who's going to make a better universal champion, Finn Balor or Braun Strowman? Thank you very much. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace out. Thank you, TNA for life. Thank you, TNA for life. You get to go first, Better Steve. universal champion, Finn Balor or Braun Strowman? Look, man, for me, you can never go wrong with, I guess you could kind of call him an underdog because he's undersized compared to a lot of the other people. I feel like Braun, look, I love Braun. I think he's great. Him with the universal title, it's a really, really big mountain to climb. And I'm not sure. I, I just, I, I, I like it. I like the title better around somebody who's always got to be fighting, scrapping, to keep it. And that would be Finn Balor because they like booking him weak against big guys. So I would, I think that I would prefer that. I think it was such a tragedy within the world of wrestling that he got injured and couldn't hold that universal title until they put it on Brock, um, which itself would have been a tragedy. Um, I just think that there's more avenues. There's more interesting things you could do with Finn Balor as universal champion than Braun, who I, I do not consider him one-dimensional, but he might be one-dimensional one as a champion. It's not a whole lot to do when the, the biggest, baddest dude in the company ha is sort of hogging the title, I guess. So there you go. Um, yeah, I know, because we've, been, we've seen that the last year and a half with Brock Lesnar carrying the belt. However, um, it would be a somewhat different take on it with Braun. As you said, he's not one-dimensional. He's got personality. He's got depth. Um, he likes to destroy things, mm -hmm. and that's always fun. He'll always be over for no other reason than he likes to destroy things. Yes. Um, my worry with Finn, I think you can't go wrong with either of them. My worry with Finn is that they would take a similar approach to how they've approached AJ's title run now, where, yes, he's champion, but how often is he the A story on his show? Mm -hmm. Not very often. Mm -hmm. Um, and it seemed like they were maybe going to do that when Daniel Bryan was champion. His first feud after winning the title was against Kane. Yeah. You know, Kane, he's a legend. He'll be a Hall of Famer, but not exactly in the most inspired first feud. Yeah. Um, whereas with Braun, I feel like if he's going to be universal champion, he will be front and center. That's true. Um, and, and, you know, his story will be a story most of the time, if not all the time, especially if they uh, bring back his feud against Roman Reigns. Um, so I guess, you know, Finn, probably the better wrestler, probably put on the better matches, mm -hmm. but, uh, I, I don't see, I mean, I think Braun would be great. I think he'd be outstanding. Yeah. I think he'd be really and good. I think too. he'd be, it'd be fun to have another long range from a dominant champion, but then, who, and then whoever is the one who knocks him off the top of the mountain and gets that belt off him is going to be a massive push for them. Yeah. Uh, when I hear Braun speak sort of like a normal dude, I think stone cold, mm -hmm. I mean, they both got sort of the Southern thing going. Um, but I could I could totally see him filling kind of a similar ish role. I mean, yeah. Stone Cold. There's only one Stone Cold, but um, Braun would be interesting because it's like a monster version of Stone mm -hmm. Cold. That'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So and it'd get him away from the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, next up from oh another new Matt Chatter. Yeah, Kyle Steven. He's got he's got a question about hand gestures. Yeah. Hey, friendos, Kyle Steven here. Now I'm making a promise and I'm making a fact that the Undisputed Era has already cemented their legacy as one of the groups with the best hand gestures of all time. So, quick debate question. Steve, I want you to debate why it is not the best hand gesture and why it hasn't cemented its legacy yet. And Larson, I want you to support the fact that Undisputed Era, best hand gesture, already cemented its legacy as top hand gesture ever. I can't do it. I only got one hand. Later, friendos. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle Steven. Oh, that's the Undisputed Era. Oh, man. Da -da 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 yeah, yeah, it is. Here's the thing. Too Sweet's been around for a while. Yeah, it's iconic. No, it's played out. It's no, cliche at this point. Too Sweet. No way. I don't do it. Yeah. You know why? It's not cool anymore. It's just not cool. Everybody does it now. AJ Styles does it. 
Yeah. Finn Balor does it. There's, I understand. Finn Balor's the coolest guy around. Yeah, I know, but Finn Balor is cool because he does this stuff. Okay, listen. Just listen. So, stop. Listen. Undisputed Era is the best one now because it takes commitment. You need both your hands. Mm-hmm. You got to commit your whole person to doing it. You just can't throw up a two. You, you, like you just throw up a two sweet casually. There's nothing casual about the undisputed era hands That's the gesture. Problem no, with no, it. no, no. That's what makes it the best. He said it at the end of his video, and they make a joke about it. I can't do it half the time if I don't have one hand available. Well, you can't do it any of the time if you only have one hand. Exactly. Well, no. Half like if if I'm filming something, which the undisputed era always are with their little phone promos. Yeah. You're doing it. You can't do it here. You can't. I'm holding groceries. I can't do it here. I got like a bag I'm holding with some stuff from Hot Topic, and I see a another Undisputed Era shirt. What do you do? You can't do it. You That's why it's never gonna achieve the legacy that Kyle Steven thinks it is. Because and half the time when I start throwing up, I get confused. Oh, this guy go. This this is this. I don't yes, even that. know. See, even you had to think about no, it. No, I don't have to think about you it anymore. You do. Yeah, you did. Well, you just kept your hands that way. Look, you're doing it again. Nah, man. Nah. No, once you get it, it once much. you get it in your head and how to do it, it's muscle memory. It's done. Nah, man. So here's the thing. Too sweet now has gone beyond, beyond hand gesture. Now it's a salutation. Yeah. Like a handshake or a high five. Yeah, too sweet. The thing is with the Undisputed Era uh, gesture, you can't do it. And that's fine. It exists as its own thing. And as its own thing, I feel like it's better. <laughs> yeah. No, it's too much. No, it's not too what much. Are, what am I even doing? You're right too now? much. I'm not even doing right now. Take that as a compliment. Next up, Adam Nuttall has a very quick question. Listen, yes. listen very carefully. Very quick. Listen very carefully. Go. Mask or face paint? Might be the shortest question in match yet history. I think Mask it's all about two seconds. Or face paint? I'm gonna go with face paint. You know why? It's very dramatic, isn't it? When you've got face paint on. During the match, it starts running. Yeah, it by, can. The, by the end of Hogan versus what's his face, Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. it was wasn't even Warrior anymore. It was just some dude. It was Jim. <laughs> it was just some dude named Jim, out there with some like little chon- chonies on and some tassels, and it, it was just some dude. So I like that. I like the face. I think Bullet Club was cooler back when the Young Bucks used to put on face paint and they had a uh, flipping uh, what's their faces, the Club Ga- Gallows and Anderson. When they used to wear face paint there, everybody's cooler in face paint. That's the thing. Sting, way cooler with face paint. Uh, yeah, so that's why. Masks, pff, anyway, Luchando wears a mask. See, here's, here's garbage. Here's the strength of mask. It, it, it brings an air of mystery to the wrestler. So does face paint. No, it's not. You still see what their face looks like underneath the face paint. Nah, but you don't really Whereas know. the mask covers the face entirely. Complete mystery. And, and and the 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 importance of mass to uh, lucha, uh, you, you know, you got to mention that too because there's that great tradition. You got to wear the mask, and no one knows who you are. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the mask, man. Oh, man. It also ups the level of difficulty when you're trying to wrestle with a mask. Yeah, on. that seems. How do they do that? I it's don't know. Crazy. I don't know, but it's impressive. It it's so constrictive. It's so like. It's just put it on. It's like, hey, yeah. how's it going? And you, you know, what the hell? Where and like Sin Cara, when Sin Cara first came to WWE, they had to dim the lights yeah. so you could see through, you know, what like the, the mask. No, nah, man, I, I'm not. Up the like, level the of The more difficulty. I talk about this, the more I hate the mask. No, nah, masks are great. Not into the mask. Masks are great. Complete mystery. No, nah, man. Yeah, mystery. What's the cooler part about Pentagon Junior? It's the mask area or the face paint? It's the face paint area. No, it's the whole thing. It's cooler. It's the whole thing. Nah, but without the mask, you just have. A guy with the lower, with like his, with face paint around the mouth. Yeah. It looked like one of them dudes who huffs some uh, spray paint. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like from Mad Max. That's very, or like just mugshot. Yeah. I've seen a mugshot of a guy. Yeah. Can that be in the thumbnail, please? <laughs> What's cool? It's going to be a pretty busy thumbnail. Huffing spray paint or mask. <laughs> Next, we got a question from Zach S. Let's see what Zach S has to say. All right. What's good, Stephen Larson? Manny Friendos out there. It's your official Friendo Force IWGP Heavyweight Champ, Zach S. Coming at you with another Matt Chat question. Question this week is, who do you feel is the next person like Triple H in what he did with NXT in the women's division? Who do you feel is the next person backstage or an actual wrestler to make huge strides for the overall product of wrestling and make it a better, you know, overall product? Who is it and what do you think they're going to do? Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. I go first. Seth okay. Rollins. Okay. Um, okay. There's a lot of... 
I see some similarities between Seth and Triple H in terms of their approach to the business to a certain extent. And I, I, you can tell that Seth is a Triple H guy. Oh, sure. Um, I don't know how interested or involved Seth is in the process of actually yeah, putting on a wrestling show, yeah. but I don't really know that as far as anybody. Yeah. But I can see Seth being one of those guys who's involved in the business for the vast majority, if not all his life. He seems mm-hmm. to love pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already got his own pro wrestling school. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I can just see him. And if you, if you hear him or, or read interviews with him, he seems to have a relatively cerebral approach mm-hmm. to his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would that lends itself to being involved in some sort of capacity, you know, whether it be creative or booking matches, whatever, um, down the line. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I have here Samoa Joe. Um, I always thought that when he came into NXT, I was like, oh, well, he's sort of getting a little older. Like, what is his goal? What are his goals? It'd be a player coach situation. Yeah, like right. We, we speculated is the case with Cassius Ono. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Samoa Joe. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he could be like really good in the corporate role, but then I don't know him. I don't know what any of these people's goals are. I know. Um, well, like Daniel Bryan, I know he he probably be really good in terms of the creative, the putting together matches, but in terms of the business aspect of things, something tells me he has virtually no interest in that. Yeah, I'm trying to think like who would be good. I'm not gonna make a Drew Gulak joke here, but like who would be good with like PowerPoint presentation? Triple H is really good with PowerPoint presentation. Well, not just it's just not just that though. He has to be good at that. He has to be good, good with the creative, with the psychological aspects of wrestling. You have to have an overall understanding of how the business runs. The vi- the, the vision, you and gotta you got to have the vision for what or where you want to take it as well. Yes. Yeah, and I don't know who that is. I really don't. Yeah, I really don't either. Um, just guessing here. Yeah. No, so I because I think I originally was thinking Seth also. Because, I mean, like you said, there's you just see there's parallels there. You know that he's a Triple H guy. You know Triple mm-hmm. H sees a lot in him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I could I could definitely see that. I could see him more than other people. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't think Roman Reigns gives a crap. I don't think he's going to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, like Dean Ambrose, I don't think he has much interest in yeah. the business aspect of things. Yeah. But that's just my gut. I could be completely wrong. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, Triple H is, like, obviously incredibly healthy. He's going to be around for a very long time. So in terms of who is his heir apparent, I don't know. They're probably in their teens right now. You know what oh, I mean? Maybe. Like they're probably not even, they're probably not even around. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's in a, he is in a very sort of unique situation, mm-hmm. you know, cause him and Stephanie, they're all, they're like around our age of like 40, 40, they're mid, they're like mid forties. Yeah. yeah. So Middle-age I 40s. think, I think Stephanie's are. Yeah. Yeah. Age. Triple H is, I think yeah. 47. He's, is he that old? Already? I think so. I thought he was like 45. Anyways, next up we have... The Enforcer. The Enforcer. Stevie Bradley. Let's see what Stevie Bradley has to say. Hey, Steven Larson and all the friendos out there. It is the official Going In Raw Enforcer, Stevie Bradley. And also, you can add Friendo Rumble winner to that as well. I was having a green Saturday afternoon and flipping through the network. I stopped on something called Bunkhouse 88. Now, for people that don't know, um, it is a cage match. Eight men, one winner, but the only way you can win is you either got to throw them out of the uh, cage door or you got to hurl them over the top. Eight men, one winner, winner gets $500,000. I mean, we had Dusty, we had uh, Arn. We had Tully Blanchard. We had um, Luger. Only due not to have his shirt on. Of course, total package. So it just got me thinking, give me a bunkhouse stampede today. What eight men do you have going in that ring? But since it's for $500,000, it's got to be a shoot fight, right? So who you got? Let me know your thoughts, guys. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thank you, Stevie Bradley. Thank you, Stevie Bradley. I'm inserting my picks right now. What's well, right. this a modern day one, man? You can't have him in it. You have Dan Severn in yours. Yeah, he's alive. <laughs> he's not. He, and he's he like, actually he's he like actually, sixty years old. He just wrestled at uh, Matt Riddle's Bloodsport. Anyways, name say your picks. For, uh, Undisputed Era, number one. All right, that's like three guys right yeah, there. Yeah, just three. Uh, Jeff Cab. All right. He's, he can throw people around. Well, he's a former amateur wrestler, yeah. Uh, Bruiser Brody. Again. Yeah. No, he's good. This is like in the nexus of time and space. Minoru Suzuki. Of course. Yeah. 
uh, like he he wins. He'd win. He wins. Yes, he's the pick to win. I'm watching those pancreas matches. Man, that dude was crazy. Uh, Rick Steiner, of course, collegiate wrestler, legit. Why not Scott? Badass, because he's crazy. Uh, Sammy Callahan. Well, he's crazy. He's not legit though. He uses spikes, baseball bats. Uh, All right, just stop. This is the right answer. That's good. Uh, Matt Riddle, Minoru Suzuki. Matt Riddle. Heck yeah, man. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Bobby Lashley, Dan Severn. That's dumb. Dan Severn, you lost. He just wrestled at Matt Riddle's blood sport. That can't be real. At 60 years old, he can still. Was it like NWO Dan Severn? No, it was real Dan Severn. No, man. Even at his age, he can legit beat up 95% of the populace. Um, Daniel Bryan. Did him and Suzuki ever fight? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I'll check. Uh, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Minoru Suzuki wins. It's down to Dan Severn and Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki wins. Uh, yeah, we're both we're both good with, with that. Uh, next up, we've got a question from Elias's Guitar Tech. Another new Matt Chatter. This is great. Let's see what he has to say. Hello. I am Elias's Guitar Tech. Josh Fields here with my very first Matt Chat question. Now, Stephen Larson, like yourselves and many friendos out there, I enjoy my fair share of video games. My question for you is if you could create any type of WWE non-wrestling video game, what type of video game would you create? Me personally, I'd like to create an RPG with The Undertaker trying to harvest souls using the powers of darkness. Too sweet, hearty handshake. I look forward to hearing your answers. Thank you, Elias's Guitar Tech. Thank you. All right, this is the correct answer. It's any sort of open world game with Undisputed Era. What What would you do in this video game? Everything. What? Anything okay. you wanted. Like a Sims version? Like a Sims with the Undisputed Era? GTA? What kind of open yeah. world? Yeah. GTA? Oh. Oh, and Sims. Everything. Wow. It's a full, uh, an unlimited life simulation game open world. With Undisputed Era. Where you play as one of the members of Undisputed I'll Era. Be on, okay, what are your objectives? I mean, what, is, what are their objectives? Win they're all the just, titles. They're just dudes. Be awesome. Oh. You get awesome points. No, this is terrible. I have the right answer. It's a Ninja Gaiden reboot, but with Leo Rush. All right. Remember, like, he's because it's like a side-scroller. Yeah. And you, and you have to be super fast. Uh-huh. That's what I want. It's no, you, the, everybody wants to play with un, as Undisputed Era, man. Ninja Gaiden, but with the man of the hour. Yeah. No, man, I feel like Undisputed Era. It's you get, like a lot you, of driving from town to town. Like no, it all, takes place in Nor- it all takes place in Orlando. <laughs> You're making it worse. Everything no, you better. say makes it worse. It's better. It's got Undisputed Era in it. It's going to be the best. What you should have said is like like that Yakuza game that has all the New Japan people, but Undisputed That's Era. That's just a reskin then. Uh, it's a brand new adventure. No, it'll be a reskin. Undisputed Era. I, th- I don't want to limit to to some uh, you know like criminal open world game. I want it to be more than that. You know what I want to do? I've been itching to get back into Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. Into GTA V. I should start an Undisputed Era faction. All right. Like, you know, maybe there's, you maybe there's an Undisputed Era mod. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You can't use those on online gaming, though. Oh, that's a bummer. Next up from uh, Delete from the Freak Legion. Correct. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, Stephen Larson? Your boy, Delete Freak of Destruction, representing Freak Legion with my guys here. My Matt Chat question this week is, if given the same seat at every single show, what is the best wrestling show to go to? Thank you. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, Delete. I really love the Freak Legion. Look, that Delete has henchmen next to him. (laughs) They're all sporting the Going In Raw Patreon shirt. That's awesome. That is great. Uh, You get to go first. So I didn't entirely understand this question. Best show to watch from the same seat? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that means, like, say you have a front row seat to any show you want to go to, which would be the best show from that vantage point. That's how I interpreted it. I, I'll say this. I'm going to say, so the best live experience I've ever had has been PWG, specifically when they were in, in Reseda in that uh, armory, wherever they were. American Legion Hall. Yeah. Um, so I would say that because they're known for putting on spectacular matches. They seem to be in a bit of a transitional phase right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of buzz they have coming out of BOLA. Um but man, my God, those were that was so much fun. Now they're in more of a theater setting, um, but the American Legion Hall was something something very special, and I had a lot of lot of really great 
uh, I went to two shows there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in mm-hmm. those two shows, I had a really, really fun time. Mm-hmm. So I would say old school PWG, that's my answer. All right. That's a good answer. However, whenever someone does like a high-flying movie, you have to get up and move your chair. It's an inconvenience. No, that's awesome. I love that. No, it's a hazard, potentially. It's I don't an like experience, man. So I'm going to say if I can have front row at any show, mm-hmm. give me Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Um, New Japan right now is, is, is the best wrestling product probably. Um, they always deliver at Wrestle Kingdom. Matches across the board are top notch. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't think of a potentially a better experience. WrestleMania, you got to deal with the a the matches of late at least mostly underwhelming but also all the production stuff the flashing lights and it's all that good, man. garbage raw or smackdown no because there's commercial breaks there's a lot of downtime yeah um uh, so yeah it's, e- it's either a takeover or wrestle kingdom yeah i like i like wrestle kingdom uh, how long wrestle kingdom is like a five-hour show mm-hmm. that's perfect wrestlemania is eight hours yeah, no, it's too long. Way too long. Too long. Even if you're front row, it's way too long. Oh, yeah. So I like your answer. I like my answer. They're both yeah, good, really answers. good answers. Uh, next up, also from the Freak, Freak Legion. Legion, Loki. Let's see what Loki has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. Loki Richard here. Nemo got mad at me for hiding under the bed, so she broke my mask. Buddy Love, the elite, representing the Freak Legion, here at a house show nowhere close to you. I miss you. We have a question for you. Each one of us represents a uh, wrestling style, luchador, technical, powerhouse, Nemo is a striker, Gauze is a submission tech. So our question is, what is the best wrestling style? Have fun with the debate and I'll see you soon. Thank you, Loki. So first I thought, so we saw that video second. First I thought Loki and the other dude were uh, Delete's henchmen. Now it looks like Delete and other dude is our Loki's henchmen. They're all part of the Freak Legion, man. Well, yeah, man. So... Anyways, that was Loki without his mask. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, his question is... Best wrestling style, strong style. What's the most exciting wrestling promotion right now in the whole world? New Japan Pro Wrestling. Strong style. Matt-based submission wrestling, when done properly, is amazing. I'm thinking of Zack Sabre Jr. Stop banging on the table. Drew Gulak, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Uh, Tyler Bate, joint manipulation. Pete Dunn. Pete Dune, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Well, he's always, more as MMA. Yeah, MMA but yeah, it's MMA, but it's like submission. He's always like mm. doing that stuff. I'm telling you, it's strong style. Because you get some of the what submission stuff. You get strong style? heavy striking. What, you tell me, what is the definition of strong style? It's striking, yeah. heavy, uh, snug, stiff, <laughs> but not dangerous. Yeah. Um, unless it's one of those matches where they drop each other on their head all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that stuff, man. I don't like that. Safe mat-based wrestling. Nobody's getting concussions from submissions. Everybody's good. People, people Everybody's could, fine. People could get hurt and get a joint no, dislocated. Can't. No, they won't. Could happen. Because people are safe workers. No, it's strong mat-based style. Based strong style wrestling. is the most exciting style. Let's hear what Minnesota Joe has to oh, say. Oh, yeah. I love this question. Hey, friendos. It's Minnesota Joe here. Back with another Matt Chat question. And I got a good one, I think, this week. One that's fun. Now, um, recently, I uh, watched a match. It was Chris Benoit versus David Flair at, on WCW Nitro. Best squash match ever. Just Chris Benoit was just beating the shit out of this guy. I mean, it was awesome. I I always I love like long, really good like five to seven star matches, but I also love a really good squash match. Just as good, in my opinion. <laughs> I just want to ask you guys, what's your all-time favorite squash match? Thanks, friendos. Too sweet and a hearty handshake. Thank you, Minnesota Joe. Thank you, Minnesota Joe. Uh, you go first. My favorite squash match is Lesnar Cena from, what was that, SummerSlam 2014? Yeah, yeah this is the right answer. It's where, <laughs> shockingly, Brock Lesnar annihilated John Cena with, like, how many German? 16. 16 Over German suplexes. Over the course of, like, 12 or 15 minutes. Oh, man. He just annihilated John Cena. It got uncomfortable to watch at points. It really did. It was fantastic. Uh, and it was absolutely, like, it was one of those things like, whoa, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's Lesnar Cena. Um, I have three others. And they're not they're not better than this, but they're memorable nonetheless. So I'll mention them. James but, Ellsworth versus Braun is one of them. Yeah, that's up there. So, uh, I was going to mention uh, Nakamura beating Jeff Hardy at the last pay per view. 
with mm. a low blow into Kinshasa. Yeah. That was yeah. quick. Yeah. Perhaps one of the most shocking was uh, Sheamus beating Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 28 in like eight seconds. Yeah. Took one bro kick. Not the best, but memorable. Also, this last WrestleMania, it was pretty much a squash match. The Undertaker absolutely destroying John Cena in a matter of about four minutes. Yeah. Just destroying him. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones that come to mind. Good good. But stuff. yours is the right answer. Yeah, because, man, and Lesnar was all purple. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was only took about two suplexes for that to happen. Next up, we've got Double J, and he great. And he great. And he great. Let's see what he has to say. Yo, Steve Larson, it's Double J, Joe Jensen. Ain't I great? So my match at discussion this week is um, I want you to create a new three-man commentary team for all four brands. The catch is, is the color commentary has to be a WWE superstar on that brand, and they can't have previously worked. All, all three of them can't have previously worked as commentators before. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace. Thank you, Double J. Thank you, Double J. Ain't, Ain't he great? great? Uh, I guess I guess I got to go first. I'm gonna How go. about this? Do you take two? I'll take two. Well, I was gonna say let's do this. Let's let's oh. take all four brands. Okay. But let's only use talent on the active roster as commentators. Yeah, I think that's what. I yeah, think more that's or less. Question think, yeah. Is. yeah. So let's start. I'll start with NXT. Okay. Um, give me Champa. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess Champa, mm-hmm. Adam Cole. Oh man, yeah. And then need a face though. Mm-hmm. So it's not too heel heavy. Candice LeRae. Yeah, that's good. Okay, there we go. SmackDown. This is easy. The New Day. Yeah, piece of cake. <laughs> um, Two hundred five live. Leo Rush. <laughs> yeah. Drew Gulak. Oh, that's good. And yeah. Mustafa Ali. Uh, no, kick off Mustafa Ali. You've got too. You got too much of a man crush on Mustafa Ali. We need somebody else. Somebody, there, I know there's another promo guy in there. There's another really good mic guy. Drake Maverick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's right. good. All right. Um, uh, Raw. Kevin Owens has to be on. Kevin Owens. He's, yeah, he's for sure. I'm going to say, I'll, I'll say this. Kevin Owens, Jinder Mahal, and... Uh, need a face. I feel like Seth would be really good. Yeah, I think he would I think be, really be actually too. really good. I think he'd be great. Yeah. All right. Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Oh, no. Here we go. All right. Our last video question is from Young Liam Reborn. Let's see what Young Liam has to say. Sorry, guys. I don't feel too good to do this match yet. But I feel like I'm possessed by something. I feel like I'm possessed by the devil. Now, here's my question for you, Stephen Larson. Out of all the WWE universe, out of everybody, sir, who is the most devil? Pretty great. That's pretty great. It's pretty great. The devil. <laughs> WWE most superstar that's like the most. Like the devil? It's Bray like Wyatt. Devil? He said he had satanic powers at one point. It's literally Bray Wyatt. He actually said he had satanic powers. But then they manifested themselves by just projecting stuff on the ring. So they weren't that impressive. I mean, it was, well, yeah, but it was but an he can teleport. educational experience. He can't teleport, though. Has there been in the history of WWE any like. Like Lucifer or wasn't, Satan uh, guys. I mean, there's Cain. Wasn't there? Was it Cain's from hell? Mordecai. Maybe, wasn't wasn't maybe? he like some sort was of supernatural guy? type thing? Is he supposed to be Satan? Maybe. There like somebody. Well, about Gangrel, he was a vampire. That's not satanic. No, though. I know. Um, Vince McMahon fought God, right? That's true. Yeah. He, so there's got to be a, a Satan. Vince, kind of satanic during a lot of his run. I mean, it's probably Cain. He's red. He comes from hell. He's the devil's favorite demon. Is that Did the devil have an actual name? Was it Lucifer? Did he have a, yeah, like the a fallen, name? Yeah, I, I believe the fallen angel. Not Christopher Daniels. No, but biblically speaking, I believe it was Lucifer, yes. The devil. When he was an angel, did he have a... I think it was Lucifer. Really? I think the so. The angel Lucifer? Let's find out. I'm going to look this up now. All right. Uh, his name as an angel was David Putty. <laughs> That's right. It's bogus, man. <laughs> That's bogus. Uh, let's see here. Cosmological, the, uh, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, I have no idea. Anyways. Anyways. It's Bray Wyatt. It's Bray Wyatt. He literally has Satan powers. Or did. Or did. I don't think he does anymore. Yeah. Uh, next, a couple of text questions. First, from Mo Clo, Master of the Low Blow. Who is the best wrestling promoter that you are aware of and why? Use any criteria. Do not choose any of the McMahons. Thanks, friendos. I'm going to say Jim Crockett because he's the only guy. He made one one really bad blunder. Who made though. one bad blunder, but he's the only guy who kind of challenged WWE a little bit. Until he gave him his TV spot. Am I right about that? When did he die? Did he die? Oh, I'm looking at the actual Jim Crockett promotions. Where's Jim Crockett? There's the probably a link in there somewhere. Jim Crockett. Look at that guy. Tell me he ain't a great wrestling promoter. <laughs> Just look at all you got to do is Google Jim Crockett's face. and <laughs> This dude, that's the most wrestling promoter guy ever. Mm-hmm. Look at him. He's going to give you a decent payout. <laughs> I don't know. His ring name was Big Jim? <laughs> really? Well, there you go. It's perfect. It's Jim Crockett. No, it's Super Dragon Excalibur. Oh, PWG guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. I mean, they've been around since 2003. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I don't know if they've been charged with the book or promoting since then. They are mm-hmm. two of the co-founders, I believe. Mm-hmm. They currently run the place. Um, I mean, few promotions here in the States especially have the buzz that PWG has still, even with the loss of all this indie talent is getting signed up by WWE. Yeah, the jury's They've, still kind of out. They're when's transitioning the, when's to... When's the last time you heard about a real, a really killer PWG show? I don't know. It's been a while. I want to see what they do cyclical. at Bola. Cyclical. I want to see what they do at Bola. I know. It's all cyclical, though. Battle of Los Angeles. But nonetheless, they managed to keep this promotion alive and thriving and having a lot of buzz around it for the better part of 15 years. Yeah. It's a really impressive feat. Um uh, and and you know the, their, especially at their peak when they were in that American Legion Hall, it was one of the hottest tickets in all of LA. Oh, that's true. That's true. Tickets would, go, would sell out in a matter of seconds. Now a anybody, so. anybody just stroll up day of. I don't think that's the case though. Just plunk down ten so, bucks and get in there. I'll say Super Dragon and Excalibur of PWG. That's good. R.I.P. PWG. Right? No, they're gonna be fine. You think so? Yeah, they'll be fine. I don't know. They sell DVDs. That's like their main business model. I know, and it's worked somehow. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it can anymore though. But it does. They're still around. They're doing fine. For now, yes. Yes. When's the last time you heard of some buzz about PWG? Uh, final question from Tom Fox. He asked, between New Japan Pro Wrestling and NXT, which is a better promotion overall? As we all know, NXT is Steve's favorite. That's exactly what I want Steve to convince me why New Japan is better. Larson, you've got NXT. Uh, so this is not a difficult argument to make on either one. Um, they both have their their things. They both have their pros. I mean, the easiest way to convince you about New Japan is they have all the best matches. Uh, the takeovers are some of the buzziest shows of the year. But, I mean, come on, man. The G1 is going on right now, and it's just amazing match after amazing match after amazing match. They literally booked the entire month of uh, you know July or late July and early August to, to put on just amazing matches. Um, so it's that. The production value of their uh, product is amazing. Um, they have a, a fantastic roster of talent, uh, and they have shown that they are relatively future-proof. Um, they have uh, shown a tendency to build uh, huge new stars, withstand other people leaving New Japan. They have uh, alliances with uh, Ring of Honor and uh, Impact Wrestling, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they are Ichiban. They're great. Uh, NXT for me is kind of that sweet spot between the pure wrestling excellence of New Japan um, and then the story-driven stuff of WWE. There's a, there's a lot of really great wrestling in NXT, just enough of the more pa- of the more uh, narrative-focused storylines that we get on WWE television. Um, it's the best one hour of wrestling TV, bar none. It's condensed. It's always well, generally enter- very entertaining. They get a lot of story in. In every episode, very rarely, apart from the takeover recaps, do I feel shorted um, after watching it. Um, and every once in a while, they'll toss in a title change, like we just saw this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, few shows are as buzzed about as takeovers. They always deliver. We think, oh, the build to this takeover has been lackluster. Wow, what a gosh darn impressive show. Mm-hmm. Happens every time. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, you mentioned New Japan. Despite losses of talent, they managed to build new stars. That's what. NXT is all about. Yep. Um, I mean, that's the very nature of the product is a developmental program. So like a minor league baseball team, there's going to be a lot of turnover in the talent. Nonetheless, they managed to continually find 
uh, new stars to build the promotion around. Um, they get built up. They put a title on them. Um, they're incredibly popular, and they get brought to the main roster. And generally speaking, or, or their story or their creatives are bungled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it really, it really forces us to enjoy their time on NXT. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that is that is the one thing that I can say about NXT that you're absolutely right on, is that it is getting to the point. It is getting to the point where the call-ups, as exciting as they may seem, because like, ooh, who's going to get called up? Eventually, you just realize, oh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna play them right, man. Mm-mm. They're not. Like, look at Finn. Look at the purgatory that Finn Balor's in. Mm-hmm. That's what I look at, man. It's just, mm-hmm. it's terrible. So, anyways, yeah. Anyways, another great episode of Matt Chat in the books. Wow, wasn't that awesome? Anyways, you too can put your video question on Matt Chat. Just go to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Plunk down twenty bucks, and hey, oh, you can send us our video questions. Yeah. Till next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.